So for me, Champagne and Pussy is the spirit with which I want to live my life. Sex, culture, spirituality, this is connection. This is connection to ourselves, our bodies, our lovers, our friends, our families, our communities, the earth, existence, God. This is everything. I've met so many incredible humans along my journey with magical, miraculous, painful, powerful, life-changing, life-giving stories. Champagne and Pussy is about these stories. The sex, the spirituality, the culture that weaves in and out of it all, and how it moves us. Hi, I'm Cher. I created Champagne and Pussy to be a space for learning and sharing about our experiences with sex, culture, and spirituality, and the ways in which they interact with each other. Oftentimes, we feel the need to keep this stuff to ourselves. Never talk about religion, politics, or sex. They define how we move through the world, but we can't talk about them. It's too personal. People get upset. But these faux pas subjects want to be spoken about. They want to be cracked open and explored. I want to explore them and I want to share it with you. And I want to do it with an open mind and open heart and from a place of love and understanding. My personal journey with sex and spirituality and culture has taken many sharp turns from a sex curious teen to devout and celibate young lady to liberated queer from monogamy to polyamory and all the places in between. I grew up exposed to Hindu devotion and devout Catholic values. I was always taught that I can have a personal relationship to any God being. That took me deep into the Catholic Church and eventually God led me out of that world and into another spiritual practice and then another and another. I'm currently exploring everything my intuition guides me to and it's fucking awesome. I've met so many incredible humans along my journey with magical, miraculous, painful, powerful, life-changing, life-giving stories. Champagne and Pussy is about these stories. The sex, the spirituality, the culture that weaves in and out of it all, and how it moves us. What is the lens through which I see the world? My perspectives that I share with you on this podcast are informed by the life that I've had. So here's a little bit to just give you an idea of where I'm coming from and and what, yeah, where my perspective is shaped from. So I was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and I was raised by my grandparents and my mom for the first several years of my life who were immigrants from Fiji Islands. And our family had been in Fiji for several generations, a couple hundred years. Prior to that, we were um, from India. So at some point, the British took a few boats of Indians, spread them out around the world. Those were my ancestors. They ended up in Fiji Islands. My grandpa was a sugarcane farmer and a bunch of other things, police officer, tailor, you know, 
he did all the things and immigrated to Canada with his family. My mom was a teenager when she arrived to Canada and she finished up her um, her childhood here and then married another Fijian man, had me very shortly after realized that was not going to work. So they split. I never knew him, was not raised with him in my life. When my mom moved back to the small town where she had gone to high school, she was reconnected with um, with a guy she went to high school with. They fell in love. That's the dad I know. They got married when I was six and he raised me. So his background is Canadian with British and Italian roots. So here I am, a little brown girl being raised by uh, a mom who was partially raised in Fiji, partially raised in Canada, and a dad who was raised in Canada. We spent several years in New Mexico in the United States. So part of my childhood was formed in, in that space in the United States. We then moved to Calgary, Alberta, and then to Fort McMurray, Alberta. Now, New Mexico, Calgary, and Fort McMurray are all kind of um, in, I would call them like perhaps more conservative areas. Uh, my dad worked in mining, so I was exposed to a lot of kind of right-wing thinking. And the, we were also practicing Catholics, which I kind of was very into when I was young. I had lots of questions about philosophy and religion and spirituality. And I actually asked myself to get baptized when I was eight into the Catholic Church. Um, so we did attend church as a family a lot in the years that I was growing up. And then as a teenager, I kind of was like, fuck this. I don't really, I'm not into it. I don't like it. I don't. I don't agree with some of their some of the stuff they say and honestly I was just too tired to wake up on Sunday to go to church so I rebelled and I didn't for a while partied a whole bunch then my mom paid for me to go on a silent retreat for I think it was five days and she knew me so she knew I was a spiritual person even though I wasn't attending church and was doing a lot of kind of traveling and partying but so she sent me on this retreat and I accepted because I was like, what a cool experience to spend five days in silence and meditation and prayer. Um, and I was open to it. So I went and I had a very, very, very powerful conversion love story into Christianity, into um, into the Catholic Church and you know, looking back on that experience now, I know that it was a powerful spiritual experience that happened to have, it happened to take place within the Catholic structure. Uh, but the way I would describe it is that was the first time I fell in love and felt God's love and felt my spirituality come alive in a way that I'd never felt before. So it was very powerful and it completely shifted my life for, for several years. I became very interested in Catholic doctrine. I wanted to learn everything. I decided to move to Rome, Italy to study bioethics, which is the ethical studies of advances in medicine and law. A lot of stuff like abortion, euthanasia, um, stem cell research, world hunger, gender issues um, can all be in the realm. It's very broad bioethics, all kinds of ethics in those in those fields. So I studied that for a few years, and I got to I got to work with um, 
my university's UNESCO chair in bioethics, which is a branch of the UN. So a really cool internship. Got to go to a lot of um, religious conferences about medical ethics from, you know, the Islamic perspective, the Jewish perspective, the Christian perspective. Um, It was a wonderful experience. And in that time that I was completing my studies, I was also really interested in sex, uh, even though the Catholic Church's t- official teaching was, you know, we really, you know, masturbation's no good because it doesn't connect you to the person, to another person, and it's not open to life. So any sex that is not unitive and open to creating life is not the kind of sex we should be having according to the Catholic Church. So I bought into that for a while. I even had a boyfriend and we we did our damn best. And, <laughs> um, you know, you, you do your best. And, and that's okay. That's what confession's for. But I was still very interested in the subject. So I decided to to write a paper on the, uh, it was a moral evaluation of masturbation. I really wanted to have some good evidence in a document for young Catholics to have as a resource. And through all of my research, what I found as I was writing this paper is I wasn't finding evidence to back up what my beliefs were, what I'd been taught by the Catholic Church. Though I had been taught many beautiful things that I agreed with, I I felt myself really shifting that paper was the catalyst that kind of started me out of the Catholic Church. I also started to notice that some of the the doctrine and the ways of thinking and the ways of being seemed to be designed to keep me in so that I wouldn't go exploring for answers elsewhere. And that was very alarming to me. So I did what felt like the best thing to do for me. I took it to prayer and I essentially I I went full into I mean I went full into research mode for a little while and then I I went to spiritual direction with a priest and I was saying you know this is my struggle these are the topics that I'm kind of obsessing over and this is what I'm finding and he said and I believe he was right you will not find what you're looking for in any book no one can tell you what you're looking for only God can answer the questions that you have because what you're looking for is is so much bigger and so much deeper than than any of these books. And I think he was absolutely right. So I really tried to surrender to the situation and took it to prayer. I spent about a, a summer, I would say, going to daily mass specifically with the intention of God I feel as though you're asking me to leave this church. I would like guidance. And what I essentially I got over the course of that summer was, yeah, the right thing for you to do is to step away from this church. It's, it is no longer serving you. And that was very hard to do because, you know, I believed that it was the church, the one true church. How do you walk away from that? Uh, and I know that many people in different religions have struggled with this exact same thing. You know, if you're if you're to- told that this is it, those other people don't have it quite right. What do you you know you you try you? It's it's very 
it's stressful and confusing and so much easier just to go with it. Um, so I pulled away from the church and I didn't pull away from God, although I was very confused as to how to have a relationship with God and what words do I even use and what, what did I learn that still feels good, what doesn't feel good. I fell in love with a woman about six months after I stopped going to church. And it was soon. It was still really hard. It was very hard to accept what was happening inside me. Even though it was the best thing I'd ever felt, it was really hard because I was like, what, this can't be happening. And I definitely teetered back and forth of what I thought about that. And even, you know, even if I am bisexual, I don't really have to explore it. And I just started to realize how much I'd been limiting myself. And I went, that led me on a grand adventure into, which was not easy. You know, it took time. It took years. I cried. I cried so hard in my best friend's lap because I didn't want to be gay. And... And that was part of the journey. You know, fast forward some time, I had many different relationships with women, including multiple partners. I practiced a little bit of polyamory and and um, and am open in the evolution of that relationship, my relationship to my own sexuality. And it's something, my relationship to my prayer life, my spiritual life, my sexuality, and the way I interact with my own culture and the cultures of the world is ever evolving, as I think it is for everyone. And and it's this, you know, incredible, beautiful, they're, they're the most beautiful parts of life, sex, culture, spirituality, this is connection. This is connection to ourselves, our bodies, our lovers, our friends, our families, our communities, the earth, existence, God. This is everything, you know? So that's my lens. And I'm like, do I have to sum it up any other way? Yeah, I guess I am a a spiritual, open-minded, open-hearted, queer, person of color, female-bodied, with Indian Fijian roots, living in Canada, and in love with the world. Champagne and pussy. Hell yeah.